here's the question. How can we serve innovative voices, smart ideas, and the latest technology to improve brand identity, product consistency, and profitability in the print and packaging supply chain? Welcome to the ID Alliance Gamut Podcast, and I am your host, Jeff Collins. ID Alliance is a nonprofit association, and we serve the global supply chain for brands, print, and packaging with 12 offices located around the world. If you are interested in becoming a member of ID Alliance, you can join us by visiting our website at idalliance.org. On today's Gamut Podcast, we have Steve Smiley from Smiley Color & Associates. Steve's an independent consultant for global brand management and color management. Many of you probably already know Steve. And he's a 40-year veteran in print manufacturing, pre-media. And he's a world-leading advocate and technical expert for some of the largest consumer product companies, largest brands, and print service providers. And Steve's contribution to improving tools, processes, specifications, and international standards. Steve has been recognized throughout the supply chain. In 2017, Steve was inducted into the Flexographic Technical Association Hall of Fame. He is also the recipient of the ID Alliance Holzinger Award for service to the industry through the development of color management innovations that are now standards in the field. And he's also the recipient of the FTA President's Award and the Clemson Topcat Award. And more importantly, Steve was vital in the development of SWAP and Grackle specifications, the G7 Expert and G7 Master programs. And Steve continues to volunteer his time to the industry as the co-chair for CGATS, a member of the TC-130 Committee, and the ID Alliance Print Properties Committee. Steve, we're excited to have you back on again. And today we're going to talk a little bit more about Flexo, but more specifically, universal data set standards and adoption of G7 uh, through uh, Flexo, but also relating back to buyer requirements and brand requirements. And again, I mentioned universal data set, uh, as well as communication of specifications and requirements through the supply chain. Well, I'm excited for the opportunity to share with you what's changed. It's a whole different animal than we ever had before. Steve, to begin, do we generally find uh, Flexo printers and buyers and brands that are uh, sending requirements to Flexo producers and converters? Are they specking uh, a unique standard, a universal standard like Grackle 2013 or just ISO 12647-2? Where do you see this industry as far as Flexo uh, printers and manufacturers, are they pretty much the majority of them now on board with G7 and Grackle 2013 or a universal data set? So if, I, if I'm printing Flexo, I'm going to, uh, again, the, the number one and the Flexo standard, I'm, I'm going to say was probably, I, I, I was the writer of it, so I can have a little credit there. But it was the first standard that said, if you give me a file, a PDF, it says print to Grackle 2013. My requirement as a printer was to print to Grackle 2013. If you gave me a Fogra 39, my requirements to print to Fogra 39. So we print for people all over the world, and we have to match their expectations. I'm so happy to say that the majority of the really good flexo work I see today has all been done with G7 calibration. 
so we can make things match. Right. Now we're talking 30, about 30 years ago when I printed surface and reverse for different packaging companies, the surface ink had one set of hues, the reverse ink had another set of hues. And the ink company said, no, we can't make a match. Sorry, there's no way. Mm-hmm. Make a new profile, do everything custom. And everything we did for probably 25, 30 years was custom profiles for this press, this substrate. Here's how it's going to look. I hope you like it. Um, but as we changed the Flexo standard and we had better tools like G7, mm-hmm. I can make my Flexo machine match any other machine that I'm printing on. I can make my 50-year-old press match my brand new press. So all the limitations that we had have virtually gone away. As long as my press is square and prints even, I can uh, I, I can match your expectations on any device on virtually any substrate. Now we do we... use substrate correction. Right. So when I print on a yellow substrate or a brown substrate or a blue or a white, we do that. But one of the big advantages we have with the transparent and translucent films is because I'm measuring things in on my ISO white backer, everything seems to have the same value as that ISO white backer, which is just a little whiter and less blue than what we have in Grackle 2013 or CRPC6. Printer, converter, and I'm struggling to hit something like Grackle. Um, Let's say I'm off on uh, my Magenta or if I'm off on my Blue Overprint. what do you typically recommend? Do you recommend that they talk to their ink supplier to maybe adjust the ink formulation or do they go to their uh, ink lab and and work on getting that uh, improved? Or do we just jump forward and try to apply something like color management, you know, or device link profile within the workflow to make that uh, match happen? We, we're interesting in the flexo industry because things were so challenging for us for so long. We have very good relationships with our ink companies. And if I called any of the ink companies that I was going to do any work with, any of the flexo ink companies, or mm-hmm. the, and they do flexo offset gravure, they're the same ink companies. But if I called them and told them I was running a 900 line per inch, two BCM, a uh, billion billion cubic centimeters of volume. Right. And I wanted to match Grackle Magenta. I would have an ink that would come out of the bucket exactly where I wanted it or a little bit stronger so I could reduce it. Uh, They are incredible how well they can come back in. Now, a lot of procurement people just keep ordering the same inks they always did. And the ink companies don't jump in and say, hey, there's a better way. You can have a better gamut. You could you could step up to this better technology. Yeah. Um, so you've got a few evangelists out there yelling in the flexo industry saying, hey, call your ink company. Tell them you want to print to this standard. You know, our, our CRPCs that are built with G7 mm-hmm. are the only ISO data sets there are. We have Grackle that we've made at ID Alliance. They have Fogra 39. They've made it Fogra. We've got Japan Color made by uh, Japan Color. But those were industry associations. When it comes to standards, these CRPCs are ISO standards. And the ink companies have gotten really good at aligning to those ISO standards. They always did. 
and we're talking about when you say that the that we're the only ones that are a, uh, a CRPC, are you talking about ISO 15339? One five, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You're talking, so we're talking about the seven data sets uh, from ID Alliance. Yes, sir. And what, what differentiates them from FOGR 39 or Japan Color? These were approved, voted on, and agreed to by the world to be the standard data sets. You know, the, the history behind all that was the Gent Work Group, the Gent Work Group mm-hmm. contacted us at ISO and said, we want y'all to make a data set that everybody can print to. As, as we were starting to develop new data sets, um, Martin Bailey from Global Graphics got in our face and said, whatever guys you guys do, quit making these data sets where every printing process looks different. None of our clients want that. We want everything to look the same. So the Gent Work Group asked Fogra, ID Alliance, Japan Color, uh, y'all figure something out and give us one data set that everybody can print to. The result of that was CRPC6. Okay. So we, we brought that back to the Gent Work Group um, within a couple of years, along with the whole series of data sets that can be used from a very high absorptive substrate, something that uh, is uncoated, up to something with very high holdout in CRPC7. And they all have a common appearance, really satisfying what our clients want. Steve, I'm going to take a moment to recognize our sponsor, Telia Labs. If your company or print operation is struggling to automate imposition and planning, and you're tired of building imposition templates for every single job, Telia Labs provides artificially intelligent planning and imposition solutions at your fingertips. With their award-winning software, Telia Phoenix, you can quickly run cost-based analysis to plan and impose your customer's orders. With Telia Phoenix, you can easily integrate with MIS and workflow solutions using industry standard JDF, XML, or state-of-the-art RESTful APIs for increased automation. Whether you're printing books, brochures, cartons, labels, or signs, Phoenix's imposition AI can nest, dynamically gang, and calculate the most cost-efficient production plan without ever creating a single template. To learn how Tilia Labs is modernizing the print and packaging software with smart AI-driven technology, just visit Tilia Labs at T-I-L-I-A-L-A-B-S.com. That's TiliaLabs.com. As well, through the end of the year, Telia Labs is offering a free 30-day trial of Telia Phoenix. And you can request your free trial today by visiting telialabs.com forward slash gamut. That's telialabs.com forward slash gamut for a free 30-day trial of Telia Phoenix. So, Steve, going back to where we were before. Do you see that brands understand that they have a universal data set or target condition that the uh, ISO community in the world has agreed upon? You know, I'm amazed at how many are specking out these CRPCs or Grackle 2013 because they're getting common appearance across all printing types with them. Mm -hmm. Um. You, I don't believe unless you did it that way, you wouldn't send something to print Fogra 39 to a gravure press in Europe without having a bunch of flags raised. 
um, we would come back in and say, wait a minute, you need to use one of these that were developed for gravure. And again, we, we changed all the standards. There, were, there was a time, uh, another time 12 years ago, when the solids for gravure were different than they were for offset than they were for flexo. Right. So we, we had all these things going on that we had written into ISO because that's just what the world did in this 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, it really weren't the best ways to move ahead. And in the 90s and 2000s, we aligned all the hue angles for gravure, offset, and flexo. So we've really have been working hard as a, a printing community of all printing types to come in and give our clients something that looked the same regardless of how it was printed. Got it. Now, if you ha- had a audience of brands, brand managers that uh, you could talk to and all different levels of uh, experience and knowledge as far as color reproduction and color capability, what would you tell them? What advice would you give them as far as communicating their requirements and expectations? We have we have a real conflict, and in, in, you can edit however this you need to. I, no I work with a group of brand owners mm-hmm. that are people in charge of supply. They are very technical. We are all very much like minded in this group of brand owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of them have been in the industry as colleagues of mine for 30 years that I've worked with for most of that time. They understand the mechanics. They understand the limitations. They know exactly what they want and how to ask for it. The problem we have in these brand companies is they don't order printing. The procurement people do. And the procurement people succeed and get good marks on saving money not necessarily delivering the very best printing they can get. That's that's where I've, I've run into in this industry the biggest conflict. How do I get all this information? And I, I've worked a little bit with TAG after they took over part of Coke's work. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they called me and asked me to help them satisfy Coke because what they were doing wasn't doing a good enough job. Uh, and, and it was quite challenging to deal with people that were just in the procurement side So to answer your question, I would produce a document that said, these are your requirements. These are your minimum requirements. And that becomes a procurement contract that goes to the printers from procurement. Unfortunately, the procurement guys may or may not know they're getting to be less and less of them that understand what all those requirements are. I see. So it's a, uh, you know, the challenge is procurement versus brand management. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Within within the brands. And, and then you throw in, we have brokers around the world, too, that make things a little even scarier because they uh, they drop some of the information and pass things off to printers in other countries. Understood. What can a brand do to monitor their quality? You know, we, we that's a good question, Jeff. I'm glad you asked. It's, it's another <laughs> pet peeve of mine. We've had all these certification tools to where I can upload, measure, I can do measurements and I can upload them into a database to validate to the brand that I'm doing a good job. Right. And I, I, I really have never really liked those systems. They are a something that our industry created because as printers, we weren't doing process control. And when the brand, so the, the way things work in the, in the packaging industry, in my opinion, 
is wherever the CEO is of a brand company, uh, they get all the bad packaging in their local store. And they get that on the weekend. And the first thing they do is they take it into these people that I always thought of as the gods of the printing industry. These people in charge of supply that dealt with us in the uh, in the service bureaus. Mm-hmm. And, and in reality, they get every Monday morning someone coming in going, why are we even paying you? I got this bad package at my store. How can this happen? They call the printer and said, how did this happen? And the printer's like, I don't know. It must have slipped out because they weren't doing process control. Right. If if the printer would do process control, one of the new standards that we've just released is ISO 19303 part one. Mm -hmm. It lays out responsibilities for a brand owner of the requirements and how they submit work to a printer. It also lays out the requirements of a service provider a printer, uh, a converter. So everybody in the supply chain has responsibilities to do their job correctly, record and document what they do. If there's a problem with some of the brands I work with print, they call the printer and the printer sends them a report for what happened during that time frame when that package was printed. They have the data, they measured it, and they're responsible for keeping it. What the other... The other option mm-hmm. is I buy into a third-party system, and the printer has to bring on one more job responsibility and measure and report back on everything they print. And how, that's just a symptom because we were not doing our own process control. Now, how does print quality exchange format and PRX, print requirements exchange format, how does that help solve that particular problem with process control on the manufacturing side? On the manufacturing side, there's many systems now that measure in line as the press is running and they gather and store PQX, print quality exchange data, that when the brand contacts them, they can send them a report, they can average a day together, they can take an hour, they can take five minutes, they can take whatever data you want and submit that to your system inside the brand. And this is really an exciting time for us too because that standard's just been completed. Mm -hmm. That's ISO 20616 Part 2 PQX. It allows me to gather the data off my printing machine, the quality metrics, and report it in an ISO XML schema to any system that will accept an ISO XML schema with the reporting data. All of the companies that have these reporting systems participated in the development of PQX. They were all happy with it as a world we voted on it. We're going to have to push these companies to accept it um, because they would rather all keep their own proprietary tools in place. Understood. Steve, always wonderful to talk to you. And we're going to go ahead and close out the podcast. And again, like the last time, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. And again, always learn something new when I talk to you. Uh, We just completed our G7 Expert Certification class online with you as the lead instructor and look forward to having you back on to do that again, uh, hopefully after the first of the year. Steve, take care. Thanks for the opportunity to talk with you. This has been a real treat. 
Thanks for listening to the Gamut Podcast. If you have ideas, suggestions, or would like to join us or even sponsor future podcasts, simply email me at jcollins at idealliance.org. That's J-C-O-L-L-I-N-S at idealliance.org. Take care and have a productive day. 